listening to Can I Help You with the Love Master himself, Craig Shoemaker. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Shoemaker. I even say my own name. By the way, I won't edit that. I don't edit. Um, our former producer likes to edit, but I don't like editing because I just think we need to be authentic and real and just you put it out there and people make mistakes. I have this thing where, you know, I have like spelling errors and I still think about Marcy Blout, my professor, you know, correcting me with <laughs> pronunciations and things like, you know, it was, we have parents that, you know, correct us and, and all of that. And I just think we need to be free of those things and understand that everybody, we are not perfect. And I do think there's a lot of project, projection that goes on too is, People have their own imperfections, so they try to put it onto somebody else so that they don't look at themselves. So that's me looking at myself. Yes, I made a mistake here, but it's not a mistake. It is what it is, and I am here for you. It's called Craig Shoemaker. Can I help you, Dr. Craig Shoemaker? Can I help you for a reason? Because now of all the times in our, I was going to say our careers, in our lives, we all need help. We need to help one another. We're at a big global village it's uh, This is a global pandemic. Uh, quarantines are all over the world. So we're dealing with this thing. And I think that's another thing I'd like to talk about in another episode about uh, quarantining and uh, some of our processes. I uh, want to just keep that discussion alive. I've been having those discussions with Sean Smith, the life coach. So check those out on other episodes. But today we have something that um, I believe we can help you with. Uh, not only help you have a better understanding of this subject, it's a subject that's not approached very often. There are very few books, manuals, uh, research done on this, and that's why she's my guest today. I'm very excited about this, and uh, she's she wrote a book of which I'm actually, I, I, I got a little something on the back cover here. I'm reading it right now, and it's, I don't even remember writing this. <laughs> I wasn't stoned. It just it was a while ago. She's been compiling this book for a while. The book is called Stories from Stepmoms, Stepping into a New Role, Stories from Stepmoms. Sean Simon is our guest here. Hi, Sean. Hi. Do I tell them that you look terrorized right now? <laughs> How big are my eyes? Yeah, yeah, you look terrorized. I can't believe of all the people to be afraid of. I am not one. Am I? Come on. We've known each other for a while. We you know, have. Somewhat, right? Yes, and that definitely helps. It does help. Jeez, I can't imagine if I was Howard Stern, you'd, 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 be, you'd have diarrhea right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I get personal. So, so yes, Sean, you know, you know, you're here for a reason. You wrote a book that re. this is called Can I Help You? You know, you know that's the name of the podcast? This is going to help a lot of people. That's my hope. By the way, any radio interview or podcast, never nod. <laughs> you, you express yourself verbally. You mean nobody could see me nodding? No one saw you nodding. Oh, no one saw right. your facial expressions. Good thing they can't. They go, my God, she's frightened. There's nothing to be afraid of here. So uh, you've seen me perform a number of times, We've, right? A thousand. Right. You see more. the humor, right? You, you, you get me. So there's nothing to be scared of. All right, let's talk about that. What are you scared of? What do you think it is? Well, that's a good question. Break that down. It's uh, public speaking. People yeah. always say to me, I can't believe you get nervous. You're so social and so chatty yeah. and so friendly. But there's something about public speaking that is scary. 
Now, this is interesting because it's not going to be a normal interview. If you ever heard my podcast before, I'd like to start with this. This has nothing to do with your book. We will get to the book. Okay. We are going to get the book. It's a very important book for people to hear about. But let's, I, because I'm curious, you're the first person I've ever had out of many interviews that has shown this kind of fear to me and expressed what the number one fear in most people is public speaking. I'd like to talk to you about that. What? Let's break that down. What do you think the core fear is about public speaking? I actually don't know, and I've thought about it myself. I've tried to figure out, you know, to sort of rationalize it and kind of figure it out. What? Because it is such a big fear, like mm-hmm. you said. And so I've always kind of wondered, well, what does it stem from? And I don't know. I haven't really kind of, I haven't been able to figure it out. Well, if you thought you knew, what would it be? I don't, you know, maybe people saying things, you know, like mm-hmm. you suck. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, something like that. The the idea of rotten tomatoes being thrown at, you know, public speakers up on stage. You know what the I odd thing about that though is if you don't speak and you do stay in the fear, then they will think you suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's the irony of it mm-hmm. because now... People tend to prey upon, prey, prey upon people's fears, That's obviously. Right. Yeah. Just breaking Sadly. this down now. And when you think about it, I know when I'm nervous on stage, they're like, oh, we got them. It's almost like the audience feels like they get you. Like yeah. they, they have a one-up on you. And what is that? Why isn't it more, oh, he seems nervous. What can I do to help? Well, how about that? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic that most people don't think about help. Yeah. Well, first of all, you feel for them a lot of times. You feel nervous for them, which increases right. your nerves. Right. You're just going, oh, my God, thank God that's not me up there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to – I believe what it is is we are fear – we have a fear. I talked about it in the beginning with teachers and parents. We have a fear of judgment. Judgment, yeah. Yeah. There you go. And we have a fear of that people will assassinate our character or take us down or see our vulnerabilities – and they will prey upon those vulnerabilities. Right. And rather yeah. than support you in that yeah. um, and encourage you in that, they prey upon it. Right. Now, you're here with only one person, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and you know that I'm not going to prey upon it. No, I know. No, it's, it's not the, you. It's actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're worried about what people think about you. Right. Now, you have entered into the world. It's your first book, right? Mm-hmm. You've entered into a world where you're going to be criticized. You're I going know. to have to face these fears. So metaphorically, symbolically, this is actually a good thing for you, for your Very own true. personal growth. Get that thicker skin. Who knew that? <laughs> well, it could be a thicker skin, or it could be looking further beneath your skin. Tell me what you mean by that. This could be an opportunity. I look at everything as an opportunity. Yeah, I like you know, it. Everything difficult that's out there I look as an opportunity so maybe this is an opportunity to look beneath the surface even the surface answers on why you know start to really peel those things away peel away your skin so you can get to the middle of the onion of which it's layer after layer we're all built with layers but some have more than others so this might be a chance for you to say hmm let's go a little deeper when was I first shamed is shame is a big element Right. That leads people astray. Right. And can you think of a time maybe when you were younger, did you go up in the head of the class and you gave the wrong answer and they humiliated you? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yes, fifth grade. 
Wow, see that? How fast that was? Right. That came, you right accessed that. Right when you that. said it. You accessed that right away. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I remember getting up there to do a book report mm-hmm. and forgetting what I wanted to say. And that, I think, is the big thing for me with with public speaking. So interviewing is a little bit easier because mm-hmm. you're asked questions and you respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you have to sort of memorize what you want to say and get yeah. up there, that's, that's what scares me. Now you use the word memorize. That also keys something in for me is we are taught to memorize things. We're not taught to immerse in what the story is about. We're taught to just repeat the words. Right. And I think that's a very unfortunate thing in our world is we're repeating words and memes now and somebody else's opinion and it just gets it just gets thrown out there. And I think this is a big core issue for all of us. I think is so that too. memorizing thing, you know, uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. We all know that. But what did Columbus do when he got here? Right. We're starting to discover these things. We're discovering his discoveries. Yeah. And it's not very pretty. No. And many people, they want to keep you from that by doing the repetition of the memorization. So you're up there and you're going, oh my God, I got to get this memorized or I'm going to be what? What's going to happen to you if you don't memorize it? Well, the, the fear will freeze me and I won't say anything. <laughs> I'll just be frozen. And the, and the problem with memorizing, like you said, is you're sort of losing the, the organic nature of it. Yes. You know, it's, it's, you're just reciting. You're just spewing mm-hmm. out stuff. Yeah. So the meaning is sort of lost, I think, when you do that. Yeah. So those are really good points. And so, I, I, like, as an example, I'm thinking about, obviously, my book has come out at a weird time when I can't sure. go do a book talk or a book launch, you know, at you know, some bookstore. Well, or there's winery. different ways to do it now. There are. There It'll probably appeal are. to you more because you don't have to have <laughs> talk to many people. Exactly. <laughs> a Zoom call, you just look into a, into a computer screen. Yeah, yeah. right. I, that's true. But I want to be able to get up and talk. And, mm-hmm. and like I went to the one you did at the winery, and I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So I do want to do one. And as you're saying this, it's making me think, well, maybe I don't need to like plan out what I want to say for the book talk. Maybe there's something to maybe having those points you want to talk about, but then sort of winging it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about the, I always say that repetition causes intuition where you can key into, if you repeat something over and over again, eventually you're going to kind of access your intuition, which is already there. But the more you repeat it, the more you become an expert. It's a practice Mm. just like Buddhism or meditation. Mm, You eventually get, get to your core intuition which okay. then that takes over because then you trust it. And right now, you're trusting your brain. Right. But now you're not trusting your soul, your spirit, gut. your essence. Yeah, your gut. You're not trusting it because it's so many times you've been shamed or guilted or felt whatever. Mm-hmm. So what I meant to say was, uh, I bet you didn't know this is where the interview was going, right? <laughs> I like it. I like it, actually. This is fun. That's good. <laughs> good. So what you're, I, I want to take you back to the fifth grade speech. And get to the kind of an, a different answer is what would have happened to you if you failed in the speech? What's the what's the consequence well, that would lead you to believe, oh, my God, I'm so scared. If I don't do this right, this is going to happen. I want to just keep on scaling this down. I think for me, because... Not that anybody can see me right now, but I was born with only one arm and 
wore back in elementary school i wore a hook i wore a fake arm with a hook on it oh and i got teased guess what i was called you know captain hook all, mm-hmm. all the time and since i was teased so often i think i i felt i think i felt like i would just get teased again it would it would give the kids another opportunity to pick on me wow yeah well that's that's great stuff. I mean, that is so. There's some of the the base of this. So now, when you are not in the public eye, you get to just be around the friendlies. Yeah, there you, you go. You know what I mean? You get to be the around known. people that yeah, the known. And, and now you're stepping into the unknown, and you're going to go out to the internet, and they're going to see that you have this birth defect, and they're going to say, you know, so you're thinking to yourself, oh my god. That's going to be a recreation of the pain that I suffered through in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Is that anywhere near the truth? Probably. I, it's what you said before. It's making yourself very vulnerable yeah. for those unfriendlies to come out of the woodwork and yeah. find a reason to pick on me. Yeah. Are you ready for that now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to unpublish with my me. book. <laughs> You're starting with me. This is, a good, this, is a good, this is a good start. Yeah, yeah because uh, you know that I'm a friendly. Uh, yes. Yeah, we've known one another for years. Not really well, but no. enough to have some sort of a, you know, like an ethereal connection. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always like a, a friendly. Yes. You know, so we know and have a trust. And yet you still don't fully trust that I'm not going to call you. You know what I mean? Like, you, Oh, no, I totally trust you. It's no, the audience. Uh, <laughs> it's so, your audience. So you're thinking of the audience right now, <laughs> not like what the, I'm going to go through with Craig Shoemaker. No, not at all. Really? No, I knew it would be fun to talk to but you. But essentially, though, you still have the fear of being here with me on a microphone. You're going all the way to the audience that's receiving it. Yes. There's none of uh, what the hell is he going to ask me or where are we going to go? There has to be some element of that. I don't really think so. I think it would be more, I think it'd be more because this wasn't anything planned at all. So I think I was saying I did a, an interview earlier where they sent me questions ahead of time yeah, and it was yeah. that kind of thing. And so there wasn't any of that. And so it's not so much like you might ask me some sort of embarrassing question or something. It was more if you asked me something and I went... I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, it would well, be more that, of that. Well, that's a little bit of me in, in there because oh, well, he gave me a stumper question. Right. So, again, what would the worst punishment be, consequence be, if you got a stumper question? I don't know. Yeah, this is all, this is all what I talk about is core stuff. I know. I like this it. Is the I core. actually really like it because I like that kind of stuff, yeah. too. I like getting deep. And your book does. I mean, your book gets much deeper than most people, a surface level. Oh, she's the wicked stepmom. And then we leave it at that. Or she's. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's y- just it's yeah. real. It's real stories from stepmoms I interviewed who some of them actually gave me some stories that I said, you sure you're OK with that going in mm. the book? And they said, yeah, if it'll help other stepmoms, I am. So there are some stories in there that are you know don't don't necessarily put people in the best light and it's okay and i think that's wonderful because i i really do because you it's a purpose-driven book because you're sharing some of the uglies we can't all be pretty out there you know what i mean we just can't have these images we want to display and have nobody look underneath of the veneer we got to get down yeah gotta get down to this stuff and And that's where the real 
That's where the gold is. And accept that we're all real and we all yeah. have good and bad sides to us and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. No, so. far from it. But we do need to feel safe. And I think one of the ways we feel safe is we have to keep on really dialing it, dialing in who we are because here's the irony. If you show more of yourself, as I found in my life, the more I show of myself, the truer the True. connections are. Yeah. And the other people, you start to realize you feel for them. Yeah. That's what's odd about it. The same people that called you Captain Hook or whatever, I bet you if you went back to your school, you know, they're the ones who are in prison, they're dead, right. they're unhealthy. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing that you start to realize is that what somebody does or says tells you more about them exactly. than you. And it's not personal. Right. It's not about you at all. Yeah. And it's their stuff. Exactly. And that's what I keep trying to tell myself when, you know, I, I get that bad review or whatever for my book that it's okay. It wasn't for them. Right. But that's okay. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's not. And it's not for everyone. But you know what? If you tell the truth, that is for everyone. And people... Like, people might go, I'm not a parent. I'm not a step-parent. That doesn't mean you shouldn't read the book because this is a book that's universal because these are universal issues. It's true. If you're talking about parenting, we've all been parented. Yeah. That's universal. Yeah. We've all been children. Universal. Now most people reading will be adults. Universal. Mm -hmm. And that's where there is a relatability. Suffering is relatable. Difficulties are relatable. Dealing with things that seem like they're impossible to manage, which is also in the book, is relatable. And how you come out of it. Exactly. How you ultimately handle it in the end. So we are sharing these stories, whether it's me talking to you initially about your fear of speaking in public. (laughs) Someone out there, that's the idea of this show, is saying, wait a minute, so that's what it is. I was up in fifth grade in front of the class, you know. I was trying to lead you somewhere and you didn't go there, which oh. is, no, 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 that's no, okay. No, okay. No, stay with me. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe my instincts were telling me that it was one of your parents that also put these um, ideas into your head or, or expectations onto you to be the perfect student. That's what I was, that's what I was going with. I thought that was part of it. You know, I obviously you understand that peer pressure is awful. But apparently you don't have either parent isn't saying, where are my A's? You know, where are your A's? Well, that's great. No, my, At least you don't have that added to the no, pile. No, luckily my mom even paid me for C's. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So, so if I got you know, a C in math, oh, yeah, math was hard for me too. As long as you're trying your best. Oh, my God. Yeah. Her, her level is as high as a giraffe's ear. I mean, that's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. My mom was pretty cool. That's amazing. <laughs> How about your dad? Yes. He's, you know, there wasn't any, I never felt any pressure to be something I'm not. I mean, and, and I'll tell you, they both really uh, raised me to believe in myself, even oh, though I'm fantastic. built, even though I was born differently and yeah. um, that I could do anything I wanted to do as long as I put my mind mm-hmm. to it. And do you have siblings? Yeah. I have a brother. You have an older or younger? Older. And he, um, was he treated, was there any resentment between the two of you because of you getting better treatment or, or more attention because of your, is it called a birth defect? Is that what I, I don't want to refer to it as the wrong thing. I always like um, difference. 
a birth difference. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll call it that. Okay, we were raised with the term birth mm-hmm. birth defect or you, handicap. I mean, you know, yeah. That well, too, we're, right? we're we're getting away from that, right? Thank exactly. God. Although exactly. I think it's still called a handicap pa- handicap <laughs> placard that, that we have on our. Oh, right, that's true. You're I, right. It I think, it's, that. and I still still think it's the handicap zone, isn't it? That would be funny if it was called the difference for people with differences. <laughs> <laughs> that would be everyone. Would be everybody, exactly. <laughs> everyone. Which is sort of my point. We're all different in some way or another. Of course we are. Now, but your brother, do you think that there was any... I'd have to ask him, but I don't know. Oh, this is amazing to me. I thought you were deeper than this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I almost would think that you had done this inner exploration with... That you would already know that. You know, that he has expressed this. Well, he doesn't like that I repeat this story, but when I was one, he dropped a Tonka truck on my head mm-hmm. when I was in the crib. He says I wanted to play with it, but I'm doubtful. <laughs> you were one. You don't even remember. <laughs> Someone told you that he put the t- And when uh, they brought me home from the hospital, he met me and then started looking around the, the apartment underneath the couches and the mm-hmm. tables and my parents finally came to the conclusion that he was probably looking for my missing arm. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. How many years older than is he? Two, exactly. So he was With two years birthday. old. Oh, my goodness. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And he was my big protector in elementary school when the kids Isn't would pick on great? me. And then he left me for middle school. Yeah, I love to hear these stories, though. These are, <laughs> these are wonderful. You know, I, I can't always expect other people to have, like, you know, the painful <laughs> stories that I would... Trust me, I have a lot of those too, especially yeah, well, well, dating let's, experiences. Well, dating, anyway. and let's get to the book. Is, okay. The book are a <laughs> number of painful stories, and let's start with yours. I want to hear your story about you being a stepmom. Well, what prompted the book was I work with children. I work mm-hmm. with children with learning differences, mm-hmm. and I, I always thought I work, I'd work with Learning kids. differences or physical? Learning. I always thought I'd work with kids with physical differences, Okay, but I ended up becoming an educational therapist. And so I work with kids, smart kids, but with learning challenges, ADD, uh, dyslexia, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And because I work with children, I found myself divorced and childless at, you know, 38 and figured at that point I'd probably meet somebody with kids. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that'll be perfect for me. I'm, I'm great with kids. I work with kids. Kids love me. And I mean, we all go in with concepts, we right, all, these right? preconceived notions of how it will be. Yeah. And my parents divorced when I was little and I don't recall having any issues with my step parents, you know, I mean, so I just, I thought it would be just such a breeze and, and like I said, perfect. Um, you know, i one of my favorite stories is my friend's daughter waiting for me in the rain when I was coming to her house. I mean, you know, it was a covered porch, but she was eight years old and it was raining outside. I'm always late. And uh, she was so excited that I was coming over. So I think about that. She calls me Aunt Sean. But what I didn't think about is that in that case, I'm an addition to her life. I'm not coming into a place of grief. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm added, an added bonus, if you will. What I didn't think about with becoming a stepmom is that you're coming into a place where children are already hurting because they want their parents back together. Mm. And you're kind of like your presence alone is is uh, further proof that the parents are not getting back together, you know. And, and there's a lot of elements. You use the word grief, by the way. Mm-hmm. They're in grief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're and, parents. And, and how, adults can't handle grief. Right. How's a child supposed to handle grief? Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. And the adults don't always know what to say to their kids when they're right. getting divorced and all that and why. And even no matter how many times you tell them it's not about you, it, it's just, you know, it's just a, a tough situation that I was completely unprepared for. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were nights I cried myself to sleep going, what the hell have I done with my life? Why did mm-hmm. I do this? Yeah. And How old were they? They were young, too. Um, five and nine when I met him, six and ten by the time we got married. And and my husband's amazing, but he didn't know what how to help, really, you know? Sure. I mean, he just was supportive, but... Well, not only that, like you said, everyone is ill-equipped. Everybody's there ill-equipped. Are no, you're the first book to come out for it, and I think that's why you wrote the book. Like, it's exactly why. Let's share some stories here. Let's help one another deal with this very difficult situation. Exactly. With... Um, there's so many factors at play, including young children are still forming their souls and figuring out who they are, which goes on for the rest of our lives. I, yeah. <laughs> they don't have the capability to do it. They, they, they have no one to talk to about it. And if they talk to someone, they don't know how to express themselves. Right. It's very simplified. And the simple facts are, who the hell are you? It, yeah, exactly. How were you introduced to them? Well, we remember we, that. Yes, I do because of what I do for a living. I know a lot of therapists and psychologists and all that, and so I actually got advice um, from somebody who said, kind of, if you can meet in neutral territory. So we had met through friends, Brian and mm. I, and so the friends' kids knew each other, that kind of thing. So they had a party just for that occasion, mm. and I was introduced as his special friend, which you know doesn't really mean that much to them. But, you know, what's really, well, so I, I'm trying to think now, that didn't really do much at all. But then after that, we planned our first date, you know, so to speak. And it was funny because I was really nervous about meeting them. And what went through my mind is, oh my gosh, what if they're afraid of my arm? <laughs> because mm. their mom had said to Brian, oh, I don't know if, if they should meet her. They might be afraid of her arm because she, she knew about me having one arm. And I just kind of laughed when he said that because I meet people all the time and mm. I field questions about my arm with children all the time. But as I'm sitting there waiting for them to come over, I'm like, oh, what if they're afraid of my arm? And it was just so funny. Everybody's telling me, you're being crazy. Who cares? And they weren't, and the date went really well, and it, it, you know, it was it was all fine. But and then I thought, okay, this is good. Well, then I moved in. Did, <laughs> but but did you address the arm right away with them? I mean, how soon into the conversation, or do you remember? Do you remember that conversation? That is a really good question, and I don't. You don't remember? I don't. But knowing me, if they asked, I probably said. What I always say that, you know, yeah, it's different, isn't it? And yeah. this is the way I was born. I was born with one, only one arm, but I can do everything everybody else can. Mm-hmm. And like tie my shoes and you know, <laughs> ride right. a bike, all those kinds of right. things. So Which not- is kind of interesting for a kid, actually. Mm-hmm. If they're, and most kids, by the way, are, would be okay with that conversation because you're now, um, you're being present with them. Right. And you're being honest with them. And I believe that's what children want. That's true. I think so, too. So if that's your approach, that's a fantastic approach, which I think any parent should hear that message anyway. Yeah. Is we need to be honest with the... I'm actually proud of that fact with my children that uh, Chloe just did a Facebook... Oh, believe me. I saw it. A Facebook... He's adorable. And I... I think you could probably see our relationship, how truthful it is. Yes, I could. 
And and how you, guess what? Treat her like a person. Right. Talk to her like a person. Right. And she rips on me like a person. Like she's... <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> like an adult. Totally. Rolls her eyes at me and everything. But no, I mean, I love that. And I think that she loves that. And I think that she feels seen and heard and acknowledged and appreciated. Absolutely. And that's what I would encourage anyone to do. If you're a parent, if you're a friend, if you're a cousin, if you're whatever you are, be that to everyone. Yeah. Wouldn't that, that be so a true. great message that we could take? Yes. And utilize. Did you find that most of the people you it, it was all only stepmoms, no stepdads. In this case, but there's a stepdad one coming. From you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of I've never been a stepdad. No. No, Mika came in. I was trying to think if I was one. I've done so many things in That's my life. so funny. I've have never been a step. To, I had to That's something I have to it. strive for. No, wait. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I don't want that. <laughs> no. you know, I've been the uncle, but I've never been the stepdad. <laughs> but, uh, That's funny. How did you find the women to interview? Oh, it was so uh, therapeutic. Yeah. You know, it was, I I'd started writing my own stories, and then it was actually a stepmom friend who suggested I include other stepmoms mm. and their stories, which I thought would be a great idea because I do love talking with people and hearing their stories. And yeah, it was really therapeutic. Um, there's, there's comfort in knowing we're not alone. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what, what really came from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and the honesty. Absolutely. And when people can relate to something, you know, you've seen my comedy show a number of times. That's what I think is the key to it is people relating to the stories and people feeling uh, an honest connection without, you know, fully transparent connection, exactly. and that's what you give in the book. Is these are really, really, you know, deep stories that some you're shocked that it could be revealed that they would want to reveal it, but they're doing it for a reason. They're saying you're not alone. Yeah, and some really heartfelt stories too about mm. how they did finally connect. You know with their stepkids. I mean, my favorite chapter is falling in love and it's not about falling in love with your spouse. It's about falling in love with those kids because Mm. you don't love them when you first meet them. They don't love you. And that's a weird concept for kids too, to have this such a significant adult coming into their lives that they have no connection with. It's not an aunt. It's not a grandparent. Mm. It's not a parent. And they call you by your first name, which they don't normally do with adults. There's usually... Uh, a, a term of endearment in front of it, like aunt or uncle or grandparent, or uh, a Mrs. or Mr. or whatever, you know, from teaching, mm-hmm. right? From teachers. So to just call this adult by their first name, and it's just such a weird, again, when you really stop and think about it. And I did some research before the book, and, you know, there's like over 14 million stepmoms. And yet, <sighs> as you said at the very beginning, we never talk about it. And I think, look at Hollywood, right? And you never hear anybody talk about the step family situation. And so many of them are in it. There are no shows, unless maybe there's some sort of trophy wife or something. I mean, there's no, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm just about the same well, age as my the, husband. We had the know? Brady Bunch. Yeah, right? That's, a, that's, that's our only <laughs> reference point, the most. And did you ever hear anything about the bio parents? I, no. No, you never right? did. And back in those days, by the way, it's something you can look up on television. Did you know that if somebody was single... That they were never divorced. Oh, they were just single. They would not put that, they would not have that be part of the show. They were always widows or widowers. Well, and I think that's... Take a look. What they look were... at the old 60s, 70s, 80s shows. Yeah. 
I think there was like surprised. one divorce out of all of them. But, you know, Mary Richards from Mary Tyler Moore, widow. I mean, it just goes on and on. They, they don't have an ex-husband because it's too dark for people. Right. When I would say stuff about my ex-wife and my act, people would freak out. Well, they didn't like that period of my comedy. Well, I did because that's when I uh, approached you because then mm. I knew that Mika was a stepmom. So well, I thought not you might want to help me. Well, yeah, but not that. I'm talking about when <laughs> oh, I, I know when people mean. get upset if you, they think you're bagging on them or whatever oh, it is. Oh, right, of course. You know, and, and just people don't want to look at certain things. They and don't. here's an area that they don't want to see. Exactly. This is, you know, we don't want to think to ourselves that we're messing kids up even. Exactly. Or that we're not tending to these children's needs. We want to ignore it and just nah, make that one go away. Well, yeah, there's a step, you know, or make fun and go, it's the wicked stepmom and all that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. Were you ever considered the wicked stepmom? No, and that was something I sort of, you know, strove for when I became a stepmom, that I didn't want to try to act like their mom. They have a mom. They have yeah. a mom who loves them, and I didn't want to be that person. So I never wanted to hear, well, you're not my mom. You can't tell me what, you know. So I just, I remember advice I got too was let them come to you when they're ready. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it took a while. You know, the, the cover of my book is, you know, kind of an interesting cover for a stepmom book, right? People are like, well, what is that? Well, that was the, my favorite story was when I first married Brian, my stepdaughter spit on my dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. On your dog that you brought in. Uh-huh. So you brought, you brought your own little posse mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, I brought my there dog. There was a step dog. Two cats. Uh, oh, step pets. Yep. And then what happened was I have a chapter in there called All Kinds of Jealousy. And I had no idea that she would be jealous of my dog. And that's what came of it. And what, when I shared the story with people, they were so surprised that I didn't just get mad at her or yell at her or any of that. I approached her and discussed it with her. And I'm sure my degrees working with children and all that helped me. But I kind of got to the bottom of it, of what happened. And, uh, and in a way, that actually brought us closer together. Mm-hmm. And now we're very, very close. She's grown up and, you know, I've become one of her go-to people when she has problems. And I love that. I and love she's the still close with her mom, too. Yes, she is. And she loves animals. <laughs> she oh, yeah. doesn't remember doing that, by the way. But she was okay with me telling the story and putting yeah. it on the cover. <laughs> of course, of course. And, well, she was very young at the time anyway. Exactly. She was only six. And if she thinks that she's helping as well, helping yeah. someone else navigate even being Good a point. stepchild. Probably. Then that's good for her, too. She might you know. be thinking about well, it. Well, yeah, way. we're all in this together. I mean, so you interviewed my wife, and I must tell you that sitting here listening to this, I'm compelled to rush home and give her such appreciation mm-hmm. and acknowledgement for good. the bravery and the courage that it takes. And I've done it before, but it's really connecting with me now. Mm. What she went through. Because my kids were really, my one was one and a half. Mm-hmm. And I remember all the transition. They did not want to like her either. Yeah, that was the same. Fortunately, there's no one that can't, but still. No, it's you know, true. They did luck out in that department. They did. So even my ex-wife, who continues to come after me 15 years later, just continues to pummel, accuse, and all these horrible things, even she is okay and likes my wife. <laughs> so we do have that going for us yes. in that. So she helps with the repair, but even dealing with now, have you ever had difficulties 
I know this is probably not in the book, but it might be in there with the mom. Well, I have a chapter called Dealing with the Bio Mom. Oh, Mm -hmm. with the Bio Mom. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a a positive story in there that I experienced with with their mom. But, you know, but we did have some trouble in the beginning. I think it's hard for the, the biological mom, too, to think about somebody else raising your kids or helping mm-hmm. to raise your kids or that fear, right? That, that insecurity of, Oh, what if they like her better than me or she's more fun or whatever it is. So there's, there, there's a lot of issues there too, you know, that come into play. And, and, you know, one of my other favorite chapters is not my mother's day. I mean, I didn't have kids of my own. So here I am, you know, giving my all to these kids and on mother's day, they go away. Mm. And, you know, I mean, they did acknowledge me with the cards and sweet things and, and, mm-hmm. and it's gotten more and more so over the years, definitely. Cause they appreciate me more. I think they, I think they see what I've done for them more now as they're adults. Uh, yeah, not only it's that, normal. they're also freer to express themselves because they have guilt. That's true too. They have guilt yeah. about their mom. Yeah, there is there. That's true too. And that was the problem. The biggest problem I had with my stepdaughter was in the beginning, she ran hot and cold on me. And I think she was afraid to, to like me. Maybe it wasn't okay yeah. to. And when we got to the bottom of it, it was so cute. She said, she said, well, I just want my mom and dad back together again. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I mean, I still want you in my life. You know, maybe you could live next door. <laughs> so cute. Now you, you interviewed my wife, Mika for mm-hmm. this. And, uh, it's all anonymous in there though. Oh, I was about to ask that. Is it really? She has a fake name. No, damn it. I'm going to have to figure out who she is. So, I was like, huh, that does sound familiar. No wonder it was so relatable. Yes, you'll have to read it. Uh, could she be Jenna? Could she be Gretchen? <laughs> the only ones that aren't are mine. Wow. You know, my God, I did the same thing with my book. I'm, yes, I'm real. That's, and that's right. And everyone else is, I had to. That's you know, right. I remember that. that. Yep. Are some of the facts changed to protect the innocent? Did you do that? Yeah, I took some liberties for that reason. You, you know, did. where people lived and so forth. You know, oh. or just not talk about where they live. But if mm-hmm. if there were moves involved, which are hard on kids, I would make it up. Yeah, yeah. and everybody signed a release, so I'm covered. You're covered. <laughs> I just want to know personally. Mm-hmm. My wife is in here. Mm-hmm. Am I going to make any money from this? <laughs> No. Does she get any royalties? <laughs> but 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 you get a free book. <laughs> oh, I get to keep this. Yes, I was going to sign it for you. <laughs> you. You should sign it. And um, speaking of that, it's an odd question, but your it's your left arm. Mm-hmm. But you are right-handed. <laughs> okay. Luckily, would that be messed up? <laughs> yeah, that would be really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever asked you that before? Like, oh, yes. Oh, they have. Oh. All the time. I remember my friend told her mom when I was younger, she's like, Sean gets half off for manicures. What? That's not fair. Why does she get half off? Um, Mom, hello. Wow, you could do stand-up comedy. <laughs> and then 10 minutes. I paint my fingernails with my mouth, which is much harder to do now. And now in quarantine, it's so hard to do because I can't see up close anymore. But I used to paint my fingernails with my mouth. And then people would ask me, how do you paint your toes? With my hand, or I'm very flexible. I don't know. Yeah, I get lots of strange questions. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, so now, uh, 
so these both the children are mm-hmm. are out of the house now. Pretty much, right? they they mostly live with their mom now, yeah. um, but they're in and yeah, mostly they're mostly grown. Gone. One's uh, just got accepted to my stepdaughter just got accepted to UC Santa Barbara in the mm-hmm. art department. So that's cool. nice. Yeah. And what do you think was your biggest influence on them? Where where you're going? I think I made a little stamp on there. Like you're, they're going to get things from their mom. They're going to get things from their dad. What do you think? If you're looking at them, the way they turned out as you know young adults. Well, my husband would give me all kinds of credit. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He give says, yourself some credit. Come on. I know you don't. I know that's not up your alley. Is to, <laughs> but what do you think? What do you think are some of the things you instilled in them that I, they probably got mostly from you? I, I'd like to think that I've helped them. Not like to think. Tell me, because <laughs> I know you're trying to be humble. Tell me what you th- believe that you instilled in them that they will use for the rest of their lives. The ability to look at things from lots of different perspectives to not be judgmental, um, to think before you speak, uh, to to look at things from a place of compassion and kindness. And you it, like look; those are great stamps. I want you to be my stepmom with those stamps. <laughs> those are awesome. That listen. If you're going to give a gift to people, then that's the gift to give them is kindness, compassion, and all those wonderful things that we can. Those are scalable character, fantastic, wonderful character traits that we can use. Everyone should use those. Thank you. And you were able to instill those on a regular basis because you were cast as the stepmom and you were able to do that. So you don't have to have biological kids. That's what I try to tell people all the time. One of my children's adopted. Mm. You don't have to, you know, have blood Mm-mm. to for this child to not be. We're all raising each other anyway. Well, I think it's what you said in the beginning. It takes a village, right? Yeah. I think we all bring different things right. to it. So the, you said that about no blood needed. The card I got from my stepson this year says on the top, mother, someone who guides supports, encourages, mm. Mm. and then it says in parentheses on the bottom, DNA not required. Right. I love that. And I did too. That's fantastic. So sweet. They had a card that said that or he wrote yeah, that? Yeah, no, he found a card that said that. Oh, that's great. I know. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. stepmoms are just, I just believe they're undervalued, underappreciated, and maybe your book will go to the New York Times bestseller list and get it out there. It needs to become a movie. I'm going to put that out there. Hmm. It, yeah. Or a TV So a movie show. that would be, hmm, we'll have to create that off. We'll so, have to create that off of here because okay. the problem is people take it. They don't want it. to give the idea away. No, they I already have it. ideas. I had it happen to me years ago. There's a TV oh, no. show. It became hugely popular. They said yes to it and everything at the network, and then they, they backed off at the last second and up to be this gigantic hit. I would be a multimillionaire. <laughs> no, no. But listen, maybe at least it'll be one more book sale. Somebody wants to steal it, uh, steal the idea. But I, I think that people should go and where are they going to get this book? It's online, right? Yes, it's on Amazon and it's on Barnes and Noble 
and it's on the publisher's website. Well, what's the publisher? Four, the number four, R V Publishing. R V like recreational vehicle. Oh, okay. (laughs) Four R V Publishing. It's on their website. And, um, and again, it's on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble. Give me one story out of the book, a real brief story of the one you think is the, is the most, um, groundbreaking that we should, that really blew you away. Whose story would that be? I mean, not it's the real person, but what, what's the gist of the story that they told? Uh, well, other people are going to ask you this, by the way, in other interviews, <laughs> Now you're doing that thing that's making me get the deer in the headlights look. Uh, well, the one that prompted, like I said, the cover, I, you know, I mean. No, that's your story. I'm talking about one some, of the oh, stories from someone else's story that oh. you went, whoa, <clears throat> hadn't thought of it that way, or I've not heard that before, or something that really you know, kind of made you stop in your tracks and say, well, this is a good book that we're writing here because this person's giving another perspective. Do you have, what's the one that stands out for you? Well, there are so many going through my head right now. Um, so there were a couple that were shocking where... Just pick one. Just pick one story and go, okay, here's the one I'm going to talk about right now. There's no rating system, by the way. That's another judgmental coming back from fifth grade. You don't have to worry about them listening. You go, wait a minute, my story is the best. No, it's in the moment. It's going to help you with your interviews from now on. I know, right? So mm-hmm. In the moment, you just go... Boom, this is what comes up with no judgment. That like, oh, yeah, there's this one uh, where, you know, there was this uh, one where they fell off a horse or, you know, whatever well, it was. So well, one of the stories I really loved yeah. was this, um, this, the stepmom and her husband were trying to get full custody of his son. And they knew mom had a drinking problem, but they didn't know how severe it had gotten. Mm. And that there were drugs involved and all. They just mm-hmm. didn't know. And so, but they knew there were, they knew there were problems, but not enough. And they'd been trying and trying and trying to get custody. And the stepmom was starting to develop a close relationship with her stepson when he would come stay for the summer. So he was there for the summer and then he was leaving and wasn't going to be back until Christmas. And she told him, she said, I'm going to write you a letter every week, this was a long time ago, so it wasn't emails, you know, I'm going to write you an actual letter every week and um, until you come back at Christmas so you know I'm thinking about you and that I'm missing you. So the months go by and he comes back for, and, and, and the stepmom prided herself on never mm-hmm. saying anything bad about the biological mm-hmm. mom. She just didn't want to be that person mm. and just stuffed it all. And he comes back at Christmas and at one point, you know, they're, hanging out and suddenly he says he's like nine and he says you promised me you would write to me you never wrote to me and she just looked at him and she just couldn't believe it she wrote to him every single week and sent him money a little bit of play money in Mm. in the letters and she she had to have that that conversation with herself all right do i tell him the truth because she knew what this mom was like and so she saved. She made copies of all the no. letters. And she was so happy she had done that. Jeez. But she had to stop and think, do I, do I tell the truth? And she said she just couldn't stuff this anymore. She needed him to know mm. that he could count on her. Yeah. And she brought out all the letters. Mm. And she didn't even say anything. She just laid them out mm-hmm. in front of him. 
and just watched as the tears filled his eyes and flowed. And he had that reality check of what was really going on. Hmm. So that's a good one. It is. It's very powerful. Sean Simon has been our guest today. Stories from stepmom. Stepping into a new role. Stepping. I'm sure there's no pun in that. <laughs> Stepping into a new role. Stories from stepmoms. Uh, this, is a, this is a great read for anyone, let alone if you're certainly in a step situation. They need to, they need to read this because this will give you steps for recovery, if you will. This will give you some ideas on how to handle situations which many of what people are facing, many of those situations will be in the book. Yes. You'll be able to identify with it, see how someone else got through it, relate to it. Oh, my God, I can get through it. People need hope sometimes, and now you give them an outlet to get that hope. Yeah, like we said, there's comfort in knowing you're not alone. I think of it as a support group in writing. That's exactly right. Thank you, Sean, for stopping in. Thank you. Anyone who um, is listening to the show, please rate us and review us and uh, make it a good one. That would be nice. Whatever (laughs) the maximum stars are, uh, give me the max stars and all that and uh, give a little review. Uh, Don't be hard on Sean because it'll bring back fifth grade. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, and make sure craigshoemaker.com. Go there, sign up for my shoes letter. It's very hard to stay in touch with people because of the algorithms on Facebook and so forth. And so many things going on in the world right now. And I'd like to stay connected with you. And let's share some secrets to success in, in the world. And got a lot going on. I have another show coming out called um, Reboot with Dr. Shoe. Because we're rebooting here. It's your, it's your rebooty call. And uh, this is the first you hear an announcement on that. We have a lot going on. But uh, stay close, and perhaps you can be helped and you can help others, and we keep passing this message around instead of all the toxicity that's out there and the battles that are going on. It's just not going to do us any good. Uh, this will. This will. We have a more divine purpose, more more of a calling and listening to your calling and expressing that. That's what this book does. That's why Sean's here as my guest. And I want to thank you for, uh, for spending your time with me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you don't have to take any drugs after being here with me today. <laughs> any, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. This was awesome. Anti-anxiety drugs, but, uh, <laughs> no. but, uh, and, uh, everybody else stay in touch, stay well and, um, and stay in love. See you next time. <laughs>